the littlest things, if you don't take care of them now in the moment, those can become huge, huge problems later on down the line. And I think that's just a lesson that ultra running teaches all of us. Dizwins Radio, episode 1136, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, y'all, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, no sponsor today, no self-promotion, no go register for this thing or that thing or do, or I guess I'm going to tell you to do something, but it's nothing, it's nothing for me. Um, it is all about kind of what we're going to talk about today. Uh, a new documentary film that just came out, uh, just about a week ago as this episode is released called a long way from nowhere. And, uh, it's available for free on YouTube on the audacious report, YouTube channel, of course, there's going to be a link in the show notes. You can click there and, and go find it. But uh, if you're just on the YouTube, bring it up on your on your smart TV or your your device or whatever. Uh, go over to the Audacious Report website. Or, I'm sorry, YouTube channel, and uh, watch the film a long way from nowhere. It's free. It's an hour, and you will not regret it. I can I can I give you the Diz Runs stamp of approval, which is which is nonsense. I just give you a, a pretty much a guarantee that if you like running and if you listen to this, you probably like running. You will not regret spending an hour watching A Long Way From Nowhere. Check it out on the Audacious Report YouTube channel. And now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. Uh, today's guest is likely to be a familiar voice to at least a few of you because, uh, by my count, he's making his third appearance on the podcast today, uh, which, you know, I, I don't think he's at the top of the mountain in terms of repeat guests, but he's pretty close. He's in rarefied air for sure. Um, and you might also know him because, uh, you might know his voice at least because he is also the host of the, like a Bigfoot podcast. And I know we have at least a little bit of overlap here. I know a few of you clowns listen to his show as well. So, uh, you, you know, you know who we're talking about, but for those that, that don't, um, you're going to get to know him a little bit today. And, uh, obviously you can go back in the archives and check out some of the, the previous conversations, um, and, and the big thing on the agenda today is that uh, he's added a new title to his uh, his CV, a couple new titles, I guess, that of film director and producer. And uh, his new film is that's recently just been released, or at least we're, we're recording this before it's been released, but hopefully you're listening to this after it's been le- released. No other issues or, or hiccups along the way. Uh, it's titled A Long Way From Nowhere, and it's now available in all the places. We'll talk about that as well as we go. Um but I'm just excited to be able to catch up with my friend a little bit today and, and talk some shop and, and hear more about the film uh, with Mr. Chris Ward. So, Chris, welcome back, my man. Thanks for uh, coming back and joining us today. Uh, thank you, man. It's so much fun doing this. Uh, I First of all, I just love being on the other side of the interview because I know you have the way harder job. So I'm just here to... to just chat and answer questions, man. I'm excited. Yeah, that's hundred percent the case. It's always it's 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 always fun to be on somebody else's podcast because all you do is you you show up at the right time, you hang up when it's all over, 
and then it just shows up and it's and it's alive and all of the other post-production stuff and the the scheduling and the notes and the preparation and all those types of things not that not let's not kid ourselves at least for me there's not that much that goes into it on either end but there is more than just showing up and doing it so uh glad to have you back looking forward to catching up and y'all if if you don't know chris yet uh like a bigfoot.com is the website social medias he makes it simple we we always love it when people make it simple same handle on twitter and instagram and it's the same as as the the website same as the podcast at like a bigfoot like we said like a bigfoot is available wherever podcasts are uh freely distributed still going strong something 322 23 episodes as we're recording this so whatever that's going to be by the time this comes out 300 and knocking on the door 330 something like that still still churning and burning on the podcast uh today's show notes will have everything linked up of course from today links for the film links for the podcast social medias all that stuff uh disruns.com slash 1136 disruns.com slash 1136 and if you uh enjoy today's conversation enough that you want to go back and get some of the backstory that we may or may not even touch on probably going to gloss over it, uh, it a little bit uh, episode 422 was round one. That was from June 2017. Time flies when you're having fun. It's been almost six years since our first chat. That's um, crazy. And uh, 752, disruns.com slash 752 will get you back to round two, which was from uh, July of 2019. So we, 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 we somehow skipped uh, 2021, Chris. We, we were supposed to do this two years ago to keep on our every two-year schedule. Um, but uh, it is it is what it is. So I was too busy racking my head around filming a, a thing yeah so. you were you were you were <laughs> occupied in 2021 for sure so chris you've been here before we we've we've done this question before you've had two different answers if memory Shoot, serves man. when we when we kick off the conversation so i'm i'm gonna still you know tee it high let it fly we're gonna throw this out there again maybe it's it's you're gonna repeat one of your answers maybe there's a, a you know, third time's a charm another answer uh but it's just to simply ask what is your favorite distance to race and why all right Wait, so I'm going to go Zen with the answer today. It's okay. going to be a third different answer. So apologies. I know, right? <laughs> Crazy. So I've we're in the middle of winter. All my runs have been at like 4.30 in the morning, dude. Like I leave in the dark. I come home in the dark 99% of the time during winter. And today I'm lucky enough. I'm going to, after we talk, I'm going to head out and I'm going to get like 10 miles in up in the hills around uh, Golden, Colorado. And so I'm going to say 10 miles around the trails of Golden, Colorado. That's my answer. <laughs> all right. All right. Subject to change, you know, somewhere two, two, four, six years from now, whenever we do this again, uh, we'll, we'll go four for four, I'm sure. But it's the run that you're in. in that's the moment. true. That's true. And, and you, you know, there is, there is a little woo to that, a little Zen to that, but there's also, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Right. Because like, like, I don't know. And I'm guilty of this of, of just being like, Oh, if it's not whatever, whatever a big race is. And I don't even know what I would class as a big race anymore. Like sometimes it's a half, sometimes it's a full, sometimes it's, it's beyond that. Um, but it's like, I, you know, for better or worse, like I don't get excited about something too short anymore. You know, if it, 5k, yeah. 10k, like I'll still do them. I, I won't do a 5k. Let's not kid ourselves. I'll still do a 10k once in a while. Uh, but I don't like get excited about it, but maybe I should like, maybe I'm missing something by just kind of, you know, Oh, it's, it's gotta be big enough to qualify as fun or as, as exciting or as, as a goal um, for whatever that means. But like, like, yeah, just whatever you're in 10 miles around the, around the Hills in the daylight. Yeah. We'll take that. I'm taking daylight today. I'm like, I'm going to enjoy it as much as I've enjoyed any race in my life. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. It's, it's, uh, that running, running in the dark in the winter time. That's, that's a whole different level of, of commitment. Cause that's just, dude. it's, it's crazy. Cause I'll get home and then I'll go about my day 
And in the middle of my day, I'm like, did I run? And I can't remember <laughs> if I actually did my run or not because it was it's not memorable at all. And I'm just like completely half asleep still mm -hmm. and zoned out and just like looking at a headlamp the whole time. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyways, it's winter. Someone told me this uh, the other day. They're just basically like I train in winter so I can go enjoy summer and i'm like ah oh, i'm gonna embrace that for the next month or so while we're still in this so yeah for sure well that's and that's kind of the the inverse of now that i no longer live in florida i'm getting a little bit i'm in georgia now but like you know being in florida for for the better part of 20 years it was like you train in the summer so you could enjoy the the winter not because it was you know the days were still short but at least yeah. the the temperatures were a little more conducive to get out and get after it in some of those cooler cooler months but Anyway, yeah. oh yeah. So, uh, the worst the worst question in podcasting, Chris, is Ooh, you know, I'm excited. What's I've what's new? This. Yeah, what's what's new? I mean, it's been it's been almost four years. Obviously, we've got a film to talk about, but yeah, you know, like like looking back, you know, the last time we talked was the before times, right? Like 2019, like the world was yeah. still what we what we <laughs> knew at that at that point. Um, so, you know, outside of, of the, the film, which we're going to obviously get into and, and spend a lot of time with any, uh, new and exciting life updates, running updates, any, any other races besides, you know, multi days through the desert from, from Fruta, Colorado to, to Moab, Utah that, uh, has happened in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. So the film did take up most of the last two years and I kind of put racing aside. Like mm -hmm. I still trail run and, and would go out and do long runs and adventures in the mountains and stuff. Um, but I realized like I can't do two things. Like I can't have this one huge goal of completing a film and also have a huge goal of doing some hard, difficult race. So really my last really difficult ultra run was in 2020, uh, September 2020, okay. uh, and it was on the dusty roads in Iowa, south of Des Moines. I did the Boonville Ultra. Uh, I chose the 100K distance, and, you know, I kind of wanted, I'm from Iowa, so I wanted to get back to homeland. Like, you know, when you're running through a certain area, you feel, like, more connected to it, mm -hmm. you know, and... So I was just getting a little bit homesick for the Midwest and wanted to reconnect. And I was like, you know what? I think a way to do that would be to go out and do like one of these really big runs. Um, and so I decided to do Boonville. And I think part of me, like I trained up for it. Like I was scared of the distance. Mm -hmm. 62 miles, I had never ran that distance before. I was pretty terrified of that. Um, but I didn't take into consideration like the difficult weather that you can have in Iowa. Mm. And it was in September. So I was like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think it'll be that bad. It's like almost fall, you know? Right. And in the middle of the race, it got to 96 degrees and the country gravel roads in the Midwest are just as exposed mm -hmm. as the desert. Yeah. Like it, they truly are. There's no shade. There's like a couple trees on the side, but you don't get any shade. The sun's like directly, directly. above you. Mm -hmm. And so we're doing, I think it was two laps. It was two 50K laps. And as soon as I finished my first lap, I felt fine and all that. And I'm sitting there eating snacks and, and stuff at the start line, finish line, aid mm -hmm. station. And it started getting so hot, dude. I was yeah. like, oh, oh, what, what is this? And I had done all my training. Like I said, I'm a dad, so uh, busy, busy guy. So I do all my training early in the morning, mm -hmm. try to get home before... The kids are really up 
up and about. Um, and so I was not used to that temperature right. whatsoever. And so we head back out and I'm running with this girl and she is crushing it. I'm pretty sure she won the race. Uh, she is destroying it and just like super positive and happy <laughs> and like kind of a reminder of who I normally am in races. Mm-hmm. Like I'm chatty and, and all that stuff. And I just remember in my brain, I started being like, oh, my God, I am not I can't handle this. Like I, I am not going to make it. And uh, there's I took a couple of pictures. My face is completely red. Oh, wow. Like. Yeah, I'm like, whoa, my face, I look back at it, I'm like, my face is so red, it's messed up. And I'm getting, I'm probably like three miles out from the 50 mile aid station and the the like walls are closing in. Like mm-hmm. I'm starting to like see black, I'm starting to like feel like I'm going to pass out, I'm right. super lightheaded. And that whole three mile stretch, I told myself, you can quit, it's fine. Like you wow. go in. You can drop, you've never dropped from a race, but you can do it and that's totally okay. Uh, and I got to that aid station, but, I, and you know, I've been doing ultra runs long enough to realize like, Hey, if you just sit down, you mm-hmm. might, it might come back. Right. So I sat down there for like 20 minutes and the most unexpected thing happened. My mom saved me. <laughs> <laughs> And she had like, she'd never gone to any of these ultra races or anything like that. And I'd always tell her like, no, it's okay. Like it hurts, like it's painful in the body, but like, I'm fine. You know, like I'm I'm always fine during it. And I like, am like stumbling in zombie mode into that aid station. My mom's sitting there and I'm just in my mind, I'm like, oh, she's going to think it's always like this. And so I get in, I'm like, oh God, I gotta sit down. I gotta sit down. People are like offering me food and I'm like, no, 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 I can't, I can't do food, <laughs> which is weird. Cause usually I can just like shout it. Like House usually, it, yeah. oh dude, you an ultra race. I'm like any food possible, just throw in my belly. And I'm sitting there and I'm, and all of a sudden she comes up with like the coldest water of all time. And I was like, Oh, it was like oh. water, lemonade. It's like ice cold. And, uh, it saved me. Like I was like, and it was funny cause the whole week leading up, I, I kind of like reverted to teenage Chris mm. cause my mom would call me. She's like, Hey, um, just want to make sure you have water for this race, <laughs> like a water bottle. And I'm like, yeah, mom, I got, I got a water bottle. She's like, okay. Cool. And then like a couple hours later, she called back up. Hey, uh, are you going to have food during this? Like, are you going to be carrying food? I'm like, yeah, mom, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to be carrying food. Okay. Okay. A couple hours later, it'd be like, <laughs> now are you bringing shoes or whatever? You know, <laughs> like, and finally I'm like, mom, stop it. You know? Uh, and so I was shocked. I was like, Oh, my mom, she totally saved me right now. Like, this is amazing. And, uh, and she was completely unfazed. Like she does this thing called Ragbri where you ride across Iowa and okay. it's in the middle of July. Like it's brutally hot and it's this giant bike. It's a huge party, really. It looks awesome. And so she's like, I've seen people with heat exhaustion all the time. Like you were completely fine. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but I'll never forget though, as I'm sitting there, she goes, she had these like beef jerky things or kind of like Slim Jims, okay. sort of. Uh, and she goes, do you want me? Like she's holding this bag of food. She's like, do you want some beef sticks? <laughs> and I was like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to throw, I'm just going to throw up from her saying <laughs> beef stick. And, and I say, uh, I go, 
I'm trying to be extra polite because I know she just saved me and mm-hmm. saved my race. And I just go, no, no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> and I think she heard thank you because all of a sudden in my peripheral <laughs> just comes a beef Here stick, comes the like, beef stick. <laughs> approaching me. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to throw up. But, uh, oh, man. But yeah. And so then I got up and uh, finished the last 12 miles. It was painful, but I felt good. Like I was, mm-hmm. I was back to it. So I learned the lesson like, hey, in these things, like I like to get in and out of aid stations, but sometimes you just need to sit and you need to eat food and you need to drink water and you'll start feeling a little bit better if you give yourself some time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I don't have any experience to the hundred K distance just yet. I'm, I'm still, you know, like a small foot, I guess, trying to, trying to keep up with you. Super, super crazy ultra folks. Um, but I did a, a 45 miler a couple, a couple years ago and, uh, I didn't, I didn't spend too much time at the aid station, but there was, there was one point where it was just like, um, I don't know, basically my, my feet were soaked and it was just like, you know, I still had two laps to go. I still had 18 miles or something like that. It was just like, I've got new shoes. I've got more socks, like take 10 minutes to change your, just yeah. change stuff, change <clears throat> some stuff up. Um, take care of your feet a little bit. And like, not that I was in a bad place yet, but I didn't want to be in a bad place. Right. Like with my feet falling apart. So it's like sometimes, yeah, whether it's, whether it's a physical thing, whether it's a just sit and chill and like you said, eat something, drink something, whatever. Um, you know, sometimes having the willingness to sacrifice a few seconds, a few minutes, uh, can really go a long way towards saving you way more on the back end because you get, you get yourself to kind of taken care of. Oh yeah. Well, and to speak to that, uh, and to connect it kind of to the film, uh, our mutual friend, Phil Pinty, who, uh, you've had on the podcast, mm-hmm. just an, an amazing guy. Um, he was out there running, uh, the stage race while we were filming it. And it was so funny cause every time I'd see him, I would be walking alongside him filming and he would basically just give a Ted talk of whatever mm-hmm. was going through his head in the moment. And I just, I'll always remember one of his TED talks was about that, where he's like, Hey, like you're doing such a long thing and it's multi-day and all that stuff. Like the littlest things, if you don't take care of them now in the moment, those can become huge, huge problems later on down the line. And I think that's just a lesson that ultra running teaches all of us about life in general. Right. Like you got to take care of the things in the moment. There's no sense putting something off like if you know it's something that you're like i have to do this now uh there's no sense procrastinating it there's no sense putting it off because it might just become a bigger problem it's not like problems don't just go away right you know like they're always gonna they're gonna exist and if you don't take care of it then it's just gonna become worse and worse you know yeah yeah that's and that's something that i i find myself even if it doesn't get worse but if it's something that you don't want to do right it's not like tomorrow you're gonna want to do it Right. Like, yeah. like, it, like it's so if, if you've got the time to get it done instead of having it continue to hang over your head and continue to be that thing that like, oh, God, I don't want to, you know, whatever, whatever it is. I don't want to deal with this thing at work or deal with this thing at home or deal with this, whatever. Um, like, yeah, might as well just I don't know. Easier said than done. But get it done and get it off off the plate is better than, well, tomorrow. And because then it just sometimes, at least for me, again, it spirals. It gets worse. It becomes yeah. a bigger deal because yeah. I didn't take care of it. And then it's like, once, once I finally do it, it's like, well, why didn't I do this four months ago? Like, it really wasn't that big of a deal. Um, but, yeah. uh, but anyway, no, I, I have that. And, uh, you know, I realize it's one of those things you realize those lessons doing these races. Mm-hmm. 
but then you might not apply it. The lessons might disappear or you're like, I understand this logically. And then you finally apply it and you're like, oh yeah, I remember this. <laughs> yep. I remember this from that Iowa dusty road. Yep. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm actually training for my second hundred K nice. right now. Nice. Um, and that'll be in April and it'll be on the trails that we kind of filmed on. So, um, cool. super psyched for that. Uh, hopefully it's not as rough of a midpoint <laughs> as it was in Iowa. So yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, hopefully, but uh, you know, as, as you know, and as anybody who runs again, any it doesn't matter the distance, but the longer you go, I think the more prevalent it is, or at least the more you're going to experience it, you know, there's going to be highs and lows, you know, you got to yeah. ride out, ride out the lows and don't get too high with the highs because you're not going to feel amazing at every point along the way. Uh, yeah. But uh, you keep grinding and you get it done. Um, so, so talking, let's, let's talk about the film a little bit. And, and I know last time, uh, at least this memory serves last time that, that you were here, um, the, the film wasn't happening yet, but you would, you would, you were fresh off. I think your first time running the desert rats, hundred and 150 yeah. or 145 or whatever. At that point, who's even keeping track of the exact distance. Uh, but this, this multi-day stage race through the desert from, from Colorado to, to, uh, Utah, um, give us the. For for those that haven't heard that that episode yet, or maybe forgot because it's been four years, um, and and maybe that that don't know anything about Desert Rats, just just the cl- the Cliff Notes version of what this race kind of is, what it's about, um, and then we'll start digging into why you decided to make a film about it. <laughs> yeah, so it's a it's a five stage trail run from Fruta, Colorado to Moab, Utah. It's all on this beautiful trail, the Cocopelli Trail, where really after about the first day of the stage race, you're basically completely by yourself. Mm. Or I mean, by, and by yourself, I mean with the community of people that are doing this. Like you don't see cars that much right. anymore after that. Like, you're in the middle of the desert, basically. Uh, Cause you kind of cut diagonally over to Moab. Um, and it takes place in June, uh, which- Perfect time get... of year to run through the desert, <laughs> right? Yeah. Just, just like bad water and taking place get... in, in August. Like it makes total sense, right? Yeah, totally. And it's, it's, it can get ridiculously hot. And, um, I think the difference though, like from what I've heard of bad water, I've never experienced bad water. I know bad water is ridiculously hard. Mm -hmm. Don't like, I'm sure it's like the craziest event of all time and it gets insanely hot. It's in death Valley and all that. I think the biggest difference here is that the aid stations are like seven miles to 12 miles Mm -hmm. apart. And you're in June and it's that hot and you have to go 12 miles till the next aid station. Right. Um, whereas in Badwater, you know, you're getting your, the crew, not to say that it's easier. I don't right. want to say that no, I get what whatsoever, saying. but there is a difference between the events. Um, when your van can pull up to you any old time you need something versus, yeah. oh, oh shit, I've still got another hour to get to power well, hike to and, this spot. And to speak to Badwater's toughness, like that's 135 miles all in one shot. Right. This is not, you get to camp at night. Uh, you can sit down, you can eat food, you mm-hmm. can get a good night's sleep and things like that. So, um, but the, with the aid stations being so far apart, like you really have to try to figure out how much water you need to carry. How do you keep yourself cool when it's 116 degrees and you still have five miles to go, right. you know, and it's, it's very difficult. It's a very difficult event. Um, a small group of people do it every year. Um, it's, it's not like a huge, there's not hundreds of people doing it. It's, 
anywhere between 25 to 20 people um, around that that amount that are actually participating. And then there's probably about 10 people, 15 people who are the crew members. Uh, so you're in this group of like 30, 35 traveling from point to point through the desert, camp to camp through the desert. Uh, and you really bond. It's a huge bonding experience. Like, you know, since you're rooting everyone on, like, and you're at the finish line and you stay at the finish line all night, mm -hmm. uh, people are coming in, you're hearing their stories about their adventures throughout the day. Uh, you're camping with them, eating with them, sharing stories afterwards, celebrating them really. Uh, you know, like you end, uh, at least for me, like I, doing the race, I was fans of every person. Right. Like by the end of the week, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I am completely a fan of, of these people. Like, cause I heard their stories and I knew why they were out there. And I, you know, knew the struggles that they went through out on the trail. And I think that's a cool part of trail running in general is you all go through that same trail. Maybe you did it faster, maybe you did it slower, but you all had to battle that you know um and then and this being a stage race is you not only had to battle it but now you get to commiserate together <laughs> you know and in a weird way i remember that first year i was like i thought this was going to be like 90% like tough i thought it was going to be like 90% suffering and 10% fun and what i found was it was like 90% fun mm with a lot of suffering involved. <laughs> so like also 90% suffering. I don't know how those numbers add right. up, but, but yeah. So yeah, that was kind of the event. Um, and I did it in 2018. I did it again in 2019, uh, really became, you feel a part of the community. Like you leave that race when you finally get back to Moab because you, you start in Moab and then they bust you out to Fruta. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, well, shit, man, I got to run back now. <laughs> uh, and so by the time you get back to Moab, like it's this weird thing. Like you, you have this bond between the group and you almost, it feels, it's a strange experience, like getting back to society, but then also dispersing finally right. after having such an intense experience together. So you did it a couple times. When, when did you decide or, or where did the idea come from? of like, let's go back, but let's bring a bunch of cameras and a bunch of, of extra um, yeah. logistical hassle into the mix uh -huh. and, and try to put this, this five days of epicness and adventure and struggle and, and all of the, the pieces that uh, are in that puzzle, try to put it into uh, some kind of coherent film. Like where, where did like, I mean, I've thought of doing those types of things before with, with various, you know, big scale things that is just like, Oh my gosh, like that's, that's so much to try to put together. Yeah. Um, that, you know, you it have is. the thought and then you let it Spoiler pass. Alert. You, you, right. you put it together. Like, but, but what was, what was the genesis of the idea? All right. I'll, I'm going to show you a picture right now. No one's going to see this, right. but we'll, I love it when people are showing things on a, on an audio uh -huh. situation. All right. Yep. All right. Picture so in, in the mountains, in the, in the, in the this desert. This is a picture. This is a picture from June 18th, 2018. The first year I ran desert rats and it's this dude running along i'm pretty sure i was just like oh that's cool like there's the colorado river and this was probably like the first i don't know five miles of the race i snapped that picture well probably like two minutes after that i said hi to that person uh and it ended up being this guy paul shearing uh now we're really close friends uh 
but it's just funny. I'm like, I have a picture of Paul before we became <laughs> friends, I think. And, uh, I ended up running with him most of the first day and most of the second day that year. Uh, we became friends and as we're, you know, as you're talking, you're like, Hey man, what do you do? And he's like, uh, I'm a writer. And I was like, Oh, no way. What kind of stuff do you write? And it turns out he's a screenwriter. He's a showrunner. Uh, he, he's worked on all sorts of like Hollywood productions wow. and things like that. He, he was the creator of the show prison break. Okay. Um, and so we became friends. He came back 2019, became friends then. Oh, I'm sorry, like deepened our friendship, mm -hmm. I would say. Because like, dude, you're doing, like I just said, you're doing something so intense and you're to, around each other all the time. You're camping with each other and running and all that. Like you basically, friendships are going to be born out of that. Right. And deep ones too. Right. Because you end up after the first hour, you're going to start talking about like a lot deeper things in your lives oh, and sure. things like that. So yeah. I always looked at Paul as like a wise person like I, he always summed things up in such a poetic like wise way mm -hmm. um and so when all the pandemic lockdowns happened i was like i need to call paul because i'm mildly freaking out and having major anxiety right now uh so i called paul and and uh he like made me feel better about the world <laughs> around us and things like that <laughs> um but i always remember because i was like in my backyard, I can remember specifically where I was. He was like, Hey man, if you interview somebody who you think would be interesting, like I, I really want to try a documentary. I've never done a documentary. And I was like, Paul, why, why wouldn't you just go back to desert rats? Like, you know, interesting things happen, you know, like quirky people show up and they have these like deep reasons why they're out there. Um, why wouldn't you just go back and film that? And I just remember, I always remember the pause. He just paused for a second and he goes, what if we went back and filmed it? And I was like, whoa, <laughs> no way. And, uh, you know, like I love movies, dude. I love movies. I love adventure documentaries. I love all sorts of film stuff. Uh, obviously love storytelling and things like that, but I've never, I've never had the opportunity. I think that's the big thing. Like we have these opportunities that open up to us throughout our lives and you're either going to take them or you're not going to take them. And so that opened up and I just decided to take it. And I was like, Paul, how do we do this? He's like, I don't know. We'll figure it out. And I was like, we don't have like any, uh, direct, like we don't have any equipment. Like we don't have any of this stuff. He's like, we'll figure it out. We don't have an editor. We'll figure it out. I'm like, okay. And that's what happened. Like just randomly, figured it out, put the pieces together as we went. We hired a uh, director of photography, James Adamson, who was like the perfect dude for the job. He had already filmed a race or, or already filmed an event on the Coco Pelli. Oh, wow. um, he had this sweet van with all the equipment and he had a motorcycle and, and all of that. Um, we uh, randomly encountered our editor who worked with me and Paul for like, I mean, still is working with us. So like a year and a half now. Um, and he's absolutely wonderful. Like it just, it just all came together, um, with intention and with hard work. But, uh, I think people just believed in the project and, um, that was kind of my role. You know, I feel like I don't have the technical expertise of filmmaking, uh, but I had the like little engine that could enthusiasm <laughs> and uh yeah was able to get people excited um excited for it so right. so yeah man it was it was uh quite the experience but really like meeting paul on that first day it's just funny like i never in a million years thought 
we'd make a film together. Yeah. Wow. That is, that is crazy how, and I mean, and it happens all the time, right? Maybe not quite to this <clears throat> level or, or, you know, but, but, you know, when you look back at something and you go, how did, how do we get to this point? You know, whether it's yeah. in, a, in a friendship relationship, whether it's just, you know, the way the life, life meanders away or, or maybe not meanders, but the way, the way just pe- things connect and in the moment you have like, there's no way that you would think that this, that, that X, you know, X plus Y could equal Z. And yet here we are. And, and that's how it always tends to shake out. Um, yeah. I'm curious and, and you kind of answered it a little bit, but I'm not going to just kind of let you off the hook on, on, we'll just figure it out. Um, but like, I, I feel like from, from my perspective, being very much on the outside, um, but having watched the film and, and really enjoyed it and really like dug into the stories and the, and the people that you kind of highlighted and, and their stories and, and, and just how that, that, that week played out. Um, how much of it did you go into it with a loose plan of where you thought it was going to go? And then how different did that look? And I, I think of it from the podcast standpoint of like, you know, when I, when I do these today or, or anytime that I'm, I'm talking with somebody, I kind of feel like maybe I have a loose plan of where it's going to go. And sometimes it more or less follows that plan, but sometimes it's, it takes, it takes an immediate left and like, who knows how the heck we ended up where we ended up. Um, but kind of, you know, how, how did, how did actually putting the story together, like how much of it was planned and how much of it was spontaneous and, and, and just, you know, obviously lots of work that went into it, but, but kind of how did that, the story part of the film come together? Yeah. I, I mean, I think with documentaries specifically, like a huge like aspect of it is you have to be adaptable mm-hmm. and you have to be flexible with your planning. Um, we had ideas going in. Uh, obviously we knew the trail. Uh, we knew kind of like how the week goes, we kind of knew which days were the parts where it gets really difficult and which days are be- like have the beautiful views and all that stuff. Like we knew that stuff going in. Um, but we didn't, we truly went into it not fully knowing which racers we were going to feature. And I remember the day before the race, we ended up interviewing like 12 different people. Um, beforehand just to cast a wide net like hey we don't know what's going to happen this week we're going to try to see um whose story becomes you know interesting you know like i mean everyone's story becomes interesting don't get me wrong but we can't be all over the trail all the time right you know so we have to kind of see like what do we experience what do we witness and it almost felt like during the race itself we were almost like reporters Mm -hmm. or you know like figuring out the story you know, and you'd hear like people would would drop or get sick or or things would happen. People's feet would be destroyed mm-hmm. uh, and all that. And you would be, you would kind of be like, OK, well, this is a route we want to take. And I think as the week went on, we we started figuring out really the route we wanted to take and the people we wanted to like feature in that sense. Um, and I'm so grateful for everybody who gave us time for interviews. Like that was a hard part as like a Midwestern nice guy. <laughs> I was like, Oh man, like all these people like gave their time to us and you know, we have 80 hours of footage and we're going to make it one hour long, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we had, we had certain plans. Um, but like I said, we were pretty adaptable and I actually think that's a strength. Uh, when I think about this, um, I think there's a lot of, adventure documentaries where the person's backstory is really interesting right and you're like oh this is obviously they're going to make a documentary about this person like it's 
they're a fascinating person. But then during the actual event itself, like nothing truly interesting happens, you know, or truly dramatic or anything like that. Um, and then I think vice versa. I think people, you know, like I think if you put me on on camera and tried to make a movie about me, it would probably be a pretty boring movie. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So but so so what happens sometimes is interesting things happen on the trail or in the event. But then the person might not have like, you know, something that they're willing to share. I mean, we all that's the thing. We all have these interesting parts of our lives. But how open are you going to be mm -hmm. with the camera crew? How um, you know, how are, how are you going to kind of communicate those ideas? Like, are you going to feel comfortable with that? And so we were be, by being flexible, we were able to kind of like combine both those, I think. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, again, I mean, I, not that I have any experience with it from anything to that level, obviously, but like, you know, that is kind of in my mind, at least, and, and for whatever my bias is worth, like that's, that's how the, you know, that's how a good story comes together is you kind of have an idea or you have a framework or, or you yeah. have, yeah, you know, you have your skeleton, but like it fills in itself kind of on its own. And, and, you know, the way I view a documentary and kind of the way I guess I, I view, you know, what I, what I do when I'm talking to, to folks on here is it's like, you know, let, let the story tell itself kind of stay out yeah. of the way, keep it on, keep it on the rails, you know, kind of have some framework. Um, but at the same time, like, like let it, let it tell itself. And, and, I was curious and as, as not, not a surprise, I guess you kind of answered a question before I could, before I could ask it. Um, but 80 hours worth of film cut down into an hour, like goodness yeah. gracious, how, like, you know, I, I assume that maybe there was, there was a chunk of that that was pretty easy to, to, to cut out. Um, but at what point did it get, you know, like, was it at when it was two hours, when it was three hours four? like, at what point you're like, God, I don't, I don't know what we can cut any, like, like this, this whole story is here. And yeah. we still got to knock out a, a good chunk more like, like, you know, like how, how difficult was the editing process? Editing was, yeah, it was, <laughs> it took like, uh, probably a year or so to have like a locked edit where we were satisfied with where it was. Mm -hmm. Um, our editor, Josh was, is an absolute badass though. I'm like, dude, we and it was funny, like I've basically talked with him every single day on the <laughs> that, phone yeah. and uh, we became really good friends. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the editing, it took a long time. I think it was a benefit for us in the editing process. We had three, three of us, mm -hmm. me, uh, Paul, who's a screenwriter and Josh, the editor and Josh and I, the editor worked really hard on the, the minute details of putting it together and we kind of kept Paul out of it because we wanted some fresh eyes right. on it. Like we, you know, you get so like emotionally invested in certain parts um, that you might not have, you might have blind spots to mm -hmm. like what's not working or what you're repeating. Like we, we repeated a lot of ideas, a lot of concepts because we do feature like eight different people, I'd say in the movie. And you know, some of these concepts are universal for this event. Right. And, but we were having multiple people express the same idea and it was just redundant. And, uh, we had it down to like an hour 20 and then Paul came in and gave us these wonderful notes, dude. I was like, I was geeking out this whole, through this whole process as someone who's never done this before. But I'm like, dude, we're having like a showrunner 
give us notes on this. And it was like well-written notes, like 20 pages of like really well-written notes where he was expressing why we're doing, why we need to cut this or why we need to add this or rearrange it or whatever. And I was like, I just want my friend Paul to like sign those notes. Like I want him to like, (laughs) (laughs) I want an autograph on them. (laughs) But yeah, so editing was, was, was really fun. Like honestly, the whole process has been really fun. Yeah. Uh, obviously going out and actually being out there filming and being mountain biking around the desert, running alongside people, sweating, you know, eating like sandwiches of applesauce and like that <laughs> aspect of the adventure was one thing. And that was definitely the, the most, like probably the best part of the experience because you're out there filming, but really it's, it's, everything has, has been amazing. Like being, becoming friends and being inspired by these people we featured has been absolutely unbelievable. Like I still text a lot of them to this day, like multiple times a week. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're still friends and they're just people like I truly look up to because I got to like go out and experience this race as a spectator and with things that are like 150 miles in the desert, in the middle of nowhere, like spectators aren't out there you know but since we were out there like trying to re- like film it and and really like i said almost acting like a re- like reporters almost trying to figure out where the stories were like i gotta be a part of these people's journey and then later ask them questions about how the day went and what they were thinking about and things like that like and i just feel really connected to it and then you know, we got to live with the footage. We basically got to live out in the desert for like a whole extra year afterwards, <laughs> which is weird. And I called, um, you know, this, uh, some of the racers up and I'd be like, is it weird? I've been like hearing your voice every day for the last like three months. Yeah. And yeah. Like, that's weird. A little bit, a little bit weird. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Right. Isn't this weird? This whole thing's weird. But, uh, but yeah, man. Um, so the whole thing though, like, I feel like I got, a free film school kind of yeah, through this and uh it's working with people who are incredibly talented i'm super proud like somehow we filmed that whole entire trail except we covered the whole trail except maybe like 10 miles of it wow. with four people like That's... we only had four people filming Two of us are science, seventh grade science teachers so <laughs> that's that's pretty impressive um <laughs> With with the the you know seventy nine ish hours that that didn't make it out you know that, that, are, uh-huh. that are that are lost in the, on, on the cutting room floor, um, yep. is there a story? Is there a, a, a something um, that stands out in your mind that you can share? And, and maybe there's not. Maybe there's too many. You know, I, I don't know. Um, but something that like you know for whatever reason it didn't it didn't fit the story. It didn't it didn't fit into into the the finished product. Um, but is, is there a story or moment that stands out that, that you, that you really wish could have? And and if so, share a little bit of it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, all the, all the racers, you become fans of every single one of them, uh, while you're out there and we're out there, we were filming everybody and we were cheering everybody on when they came by. Like that was the hard part. Like you're kind of running along with the camera. You're like, I know I shouldn't say anything because I'm the camera guy right now. Mm -hmm. But you're like, yeah, come on. And like even watching it now, I'm like, there's me cheering. And uh, yeah, so so that part was hard because you are truly fans of all the people out there. Um, I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, Rose, who won the race on the women's side, 
she just absolutely crushed it. And she's in, like, everyone's in the film. Like, mm-hmm. everyone pops up here and there, and she's in it. But but she crushed it and just was absolutely badass. And I think one of the things that was really hard for, for all of us was, you know, not being able to show show her as much. And I think part of that decision was based on like nothing super dramatic happened because she was so good. (laughs) You know what I mean? And, uh, and yeah, so we, we tried to highlight her, um, tried to have her in the film, but, but really it was like, we got to the finish line, we're interviewing her and we're like, yeah, what was like, the hard part of the week. She's like, Oh no, it was great. The whole week was great. And I'm like, that's amazing. And she's like, it was so inspiring to see, but I'm like, Oh man, it's, it's hard to like try to put that on film where there's going to be ebbs and flows in, in emotions and things like that. Um, another person that I'm incredibly inspired by is this runner Liz. And Every year we were out there, 2018, 2019, Liz was out there. Mm. Uh, And she, every year something would happen and she wasn't able to finish the race. And it was, oh man, I remember 2019 at an aid station, like I'm trying to like, I'm like, I I run into her and I'm like, no, come on. Let's like, it was like cheering her on and stuff. And like, I'm just such a huge fan of her as a human being. And in 2021, when we were filming, that day happened where it got to 116 degrees. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was ridiculous. And it was like dangerous out there. You know what I mean? Like to the point where I'm like, I wouldn't, if if anybody, like everybody who quits is probably making the correct decision (laughs) right now. You know what I mean? Right. And, um, And so she wasn't able to complete it that day, along with most of the racers. Um, which was devastating and, you know, is really tough. And then, uh, the next year, 2022, we're following the little trackers mm-hmm. online. We're not out there this time and Liz is going to finish. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I have to go out and see the finish line. Like I have to cheer on. And so I went out for the last day of that race and watching her finish it's goosebumps tears like she had worked so hard for that goal and to watch it finally come to fruition and at the party afterwards everyone gave her a standing ovation like it was it was magical and is one of those like sports moments no like it's so incredibly important to this small group of people Mm -hmm. and yet it's things that happen like that every single day that are just incredibly like inspiring that a lot of people aren't going to witness. So I was bummed. I wish we could have put that whole story yeah. in the film. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it's, it is hard, dude. It was so hard as like, like I said, Midwestern people pleaser. <laughs> like I don't want anyone to, to feel like, and like I said, everyone had their own amazing experiences out there. So that, that part was definitely uh, difficult for me. Yeah, I bet. Well, the the story that you all ended up telling, uh, like I said before we started, I think I've mentioned it once or twice here. But is 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 a really great film. It's it's an hour very well spent. Um, where where can people find it? Where is where is it available? Where where uh, where can people check out? A long way from nowhere. 
Yeah, so um, we are going to release it. We want to release it in a way where the maximum number of people can see it who want to. Uh, so we wanted to make it as available as possible. So uh, we're releasing it on YouTube. We're with the channel Audacious Report, which is Robbie Ballinger. I don't know if you've ever heard of Robbie, but he is an incredible ultra runner adventurer. Um, he did this thing called the Colorado Crush where he ran every event in Leadville. Then he, in one summer, he did every event in Leadville, ran the Colorado trail and climbed all the 14ers in one summer. Uh, there's a really cool film about that on the audacious report. Um, but basically what their goal is, is they're putting out high quality, well-produced documentaries, um, featuring all sorts of different types of ultra runners. They're about to do a series about, uh, someone running the transcontinental run mm -hmm. across the country. Uh, I think it's their friend, William, he's running it and, uh, it's going to be really awesome. So, so yeah, so you can find us on there. Um, I think something that I'm proud of with it, with the whole film is I think we, so many times as an ultra runner, you have people ask you like, why do you want to do this thing? Yeah. Like, why do you do this? This is weird. This is, quirky and strange and you're going to be in a massive amounts of pain and stuff like that. And, you know, a lot of times it's like family members asking that I'd say, <laughs> which, which is like, why do you run? Like, why do you want to do this? And they can't wrap their head around it. And I think with the movie, we explored why people want to run this, run these things, you know, like what is that deeper meaning to them? And is it something that we all have? You know, like, does everyone have a deeper meaning? This is just a way we choose to explore it and choose to kind of like express, express it and things like that. And I think that's what I'm ultimately proud of. And I'm hoping that I'm hoping that runners and adventurers enjoy the movie. But but even more so than that, like, I'm hoping they can share it with friends and family and be like, this is like it's not the same exact reason why, why I'm out there running and exploring my limits, but, but this, this shows why, why we do it, you know? So. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it will. And I think, I think that there's a few of us that might need to be careful watching this cause you're going to want to, you know, catch a, catch a, a plane ticket to, to Colorado for whenever the next, the next year's desert rats is whatever, whenever you end up watching this, whether it's right now when it comes out and you'd be like, I want to be out there in, in June um, or next year uh, gonna, or, or whatever. Like it's, yeah, it's going to blow the race 2024, up. 2024 is uh, the next time they're running the race. If, if you're interested in something. Gotcha. Else. Gotcha. Well, it's, so. it was, like I said, very, very well done and definitely um, something that, that I don't think that you, um, shied away from the challenge. Like, obviously it's, you know, I mean, I, you could just on the surface, like 150 miles over three days through the, or over five days through the desert. Like, yeah, that's going to be hard. Um, but there's, there's some, there's some gnarly footage in there of people struggling. Um, but at the same time, just gorgeous. And, and I think as much as you could, we're able to capture the community feel, capture the, the, the camaraderie that, that certainly builds over the course of the, the five days. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, just, you know, kudos to, to you and the team and everybody that, that worked and, and, and obviously the runners that, that participated as well. Yeah. Um, and I think well the one, the one other intention that we had was we wanted to highlight what 90% of the community is, which is just like yeah. regular folks, you right. know, like there's so many films out there that, because I think 
by the sense that they're sponsored by different companies, like they're focused on the pros and the elites mm-hmm. and which are great. And I love those as well. And they're very inspiring, but I think to watch like regular folks take this on is just really empowering. And you're like, Oh, like, I don't know. I, I, I'm very proud of that because I don't know if there's many films that kind of like highlight like just me and you, right. You know, like the regular people who are running and we have day jobs and we have families and we're busy in other aspects of our lives. And yet we go out and do this thing and we can find like incredible meaning from it, um, from that break in our regular lives. Um, so yeah, so I think that was one of the intentions and, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm just really proud of the whole entire thing. Uh, I, I watched it the other day again after a few months. I've watched it probably like 500 times. So you probably one. watched it a few times, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I watched it the other day to get ready for this. And, dude, I still teared up. Mm-hmm. There was, I mean, granted, like I know all the people personally, but there were still moments that made me tear up. And, uh, and I'm really, I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that. I'm really proud of the collaboration and that people were, were open with us and sharing their stories. And like I said, to, to even to every single racer who was out there, like they're all like heroes to me. And I was very inspired to, by just being out there and, and witnessing it. Yeah, for sure. You've, you've run the race a couple times. You've, you know, run it a, a dozen more times in the course of putting this, this film together, being out there to, to, to witness it, to spectate it, to shoot it. Um, and then all the, all the editing stuff. Um, is it, is there, and, and you know, I hate predict the future questions, but I ask them every once in a while, like, like, is there a chance that, that you might go back and try to run it again? Or is it like, is, is the film kind of, not that you're ter- like, like completely closing the door on desert rats ever, but like, like your time on the, on the trail for those five days is, is, is done. It like, it's a good cherry on top to have the film, you know, at this point. I don't know, man. I wouldn't ever say never you know, mm-hmm. and I love the event. That's the thing. I'm like, ah, and I love the trail. I think you're right. talking me into it. I think I'm like, yeah, definitely. At, <laughs> I would say sometime in the next five years, I decide to go back out and do it because yeah. it's, it's, it's everything about the experience, the community, the trail, like it's just, yeah, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. I love stage races too, though. So I do yeah. want to try to explore some other stage races. There's not many in the United States. Um, and I can't, I don't think I can travel, uh, at least not right now, nationally, not right. with little, like not while right. I have little kids. That was the thing. Like I wanted to be like five hours from home in case something happened. Right. So, um, but I do want to explore some of the other ones maybe in the, in the country. And, but then yeah, dude, deserts, like I'll be back out there camping. Like you might just <laughs> randomly pull up to a campsite on the Cocopelli trail this summer and I'll just like hop out of the back of my car, <laughs> which I have a whole nother story about that, but I don't know if you have oh, time. Come on. You, you, you bury the lead in, in... all right. All right. I'll oh, yeah, let's do it. If, if you got time, we'll, we'll make this a little bit longer episode than usual. It's all good. So this is just a real quick story. I went back out this last summer. We had, we filmed a little bit this last year. Um, and I don't want to spoiler alert the movie, right. but basically it's, there's people who didn't finish and then they were going to finish the next year and we wanted to be out there. Um, and so I went back out and I parked at this campsite cause I was like, I'm going to run 20 miles on the Cocopelli. Like I have to do mm-hmm. it. My heart is being called to do this. So I go back out and I run this 10 mile section out 
And then instead of taking the road back, which would have been like a short 14, like I would have been a 14 mile loop. I'm like, I'm just going to turn around, go 10 miles back. And halfway through going back, it is like above a hundred degrees. I have enough water, but I realize like, oh, no one's out here. Like nobody is out here right now. So if I just decided to sit down on the side of the road, nobody is finding me. Like this is just not going to happen. It could be weeks before, <laughs> before people are out here in June. Cause the race is all like further along, you know, at this point, like they've already passed this part. Um, and so there's like three miles left and I'm like, Oh my God. Like I'm like turning my hat bill to give me as much shade as possible. Mm -hmm. Every time the sun's hitting me, I'm, I'm dying basically. <laughs> and all I brought to eat was like sour patch kids that I found in my car for my kids, which was a total mistake. You could have used some beef sticks or at least, at least mama ward out there somewhere to have some, yeah. have some supplies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I finally make it and it is so painful and it made me think like, how do people do this? Even though I had already done the race twice and I've experienced all these people do this, I was like, in my mind, I'm like, how do people do this? This is nuts. And I get back to the campsite and there's one other car there and it's right by the Colorado River. It's called the Dewey Bridge. It's like my favorite campsite. And I, I am walking back full running vest, hat, shoes, socks, everything. And I just walk into the Colorado right the river. river and it's like a religious experience, dude. It felt so good. I was like, Oh, like, Oh, it's just raw. Like finally cooling my body down mm -hmm. and I get out and I'm just dripping wet and I'm walking back to my car. And the only other person in the campsite comes out and he's like, he's like, you look pretty rough. I'm like, yeah. He's like, that river looked refreshing. I'm like, yeah, that was that was rough, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was just funny. Cause I'm like, man, I can't even wrap my head around this, this 20 mile run, let alone going across the whole entire thing. So, right. which, yeah. which you have experience with. Yeah. But it was weird. It's one <laughs> of those things I'm like, I don't know. I, I guess I have to get myself back in the mindset. But. Well, and maybe that's, and maybe that's it. And, and we could probably go down a whole nother tangent, but we don't need to do that. But just, you know, like I've, I've thought that at the end of a, you know, insert race distance here, I could never go farther than this. Like I, I could never run yeah. farther than this half marathon. Well, that's because the mindset that day was 13.1 miles. Like True. when the mindset is 31 miles or 26.2 or whatever it yeah. is, like, you know, you pace differently, but also like you're just prepared to go that much farther. You so you find go a that way much farther. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, wrapping up final question, philosophical question, which I think we were doing back in the day when we, when we did these conversations before, I don't know. I don't even remember when I add new things to the mix or whatever, but, um, I've asked this question about running before, you know, some of the lessons learned, things like that, that you might take away and, 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 you know, carry with you in other areas of your life that you learned from running, but uh, slight twist filmmaking, and the whole process of putting the film together. And maybe we talked on this a little bit at the beginning too, but um, what's, what's something that you learned about yourself um, or about life or about whatever through the process of planning, shooting, editing, and now getting ready to, to release to the world uh, the film that might be something that you might take away and, and utilize in other aspects of life going forward. All right. So this is basically a lesson I learned from running this race and so it was kind of interesting because I'm like, I want to apply some of these lessons to something I have no experience in whatsoever. And so I think the biggest lesson in all of life is consistent steps taken in a positive direction can lead to big results. Mm. You know, and like literally you learn that in running. 
you're just like, how do I get to the finish line? I just keep stepping that way. (laughs) You know what I mean? And when you're doing anything like making a film, like obviously the end goal is this end product. And yet there's like a billion little steps you have to take there. You can't even think about the end product when you're in the middle of it. You just can't. You just need to think, what do I need to do today? I have 30 minutes today. What do I need to do that moves us consistently towards that goal? And it's all about, to me, it's all about consistency. You have to be consistent with your actions and you have to make sure your actions are positive. And they don't have to be huge. Like you never, you don't get to step Z by just jump in there. You always go A, B, C, D. You know what I mean? Like you have to do those little things to get you there. And I think running teaches us to enjoy those little steps along the way. Um, and I, and I learned that with filmmaking for sure. Like, you know, when, when we came up with the idea, if you thought about the end goal and everything you had to, I showed our middle school AV class, we had a big time speech to the middle school AV class. <laughs> and when I showed them, I just wrote out on paper all these little steps and I made it like tiny and it filled up the whole paper. I'm like, this is what we had to do. All of these things. Mm-hmm. And if you see that, it's intimidating. But once you know like, oh, what can I do on a Tuesday? What can I do on a Wednesday? What can I do on a Thursday? Eventually you get there. Mm. Yeah, I, I uh, yes. I, I am not going to muddy this water if I can if I can avoid it. So I, I love it, love it. Little steps taken consistently consistently lead to big uh, big actions or big results. So yeah, uh, love it, Chris. And and y'all once again, uh, a long way from nowhere. Available on the YouTube's. We'll of course have it linked up in the in the show notes. Um, but uh, you know, find it, watch it. It's it's an hour that you won't regret regret uh, spending. Uh, and just and and like I said, you, the way you might regret it is you might be like, God, I got to do this. And <laughs> that's 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 an all right uh, thing to to come out of watching a film. But uh, check it out, uh, likeabigfoot.com, like a bigfoot on the socials, like a bigfoot on uh, the podcast app of choice that you may have. Get it, listen to it. Also, well worth your time. Uh, Dizruns.com slash 1136. I'll get you back to the show notes for today. Uh, episode 422 and 752 if you want to hear us rambling on about different things and, and other running-related topics uh, and a lot more deep dive into Desert Rats in that second episode, 752, than, than uh, more of the film side of it today. But, uh, Chris, thanks for... Uh, for making the time today. Thanks for making a, a great film and, and sharing it with me and, and uh, glad to help share it with the world and uh, glad we're able to, to round up for uh, a, a third time through and uh, you keep doing your thing. I'll keep doing mine and, and no doubt our, our paths will cross again at some point, one of these times in person, but certainly at least, uh, you know, again, virtually we'll, we'll, we'll saddle up for one, one show or the other or both at some point again in the future, but uh, great work on the film, my friend and uh, all the best to you going forward. Thank you. Always a pleasure uh, chatting with you, dude. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Chris and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your takeaway du jour? Du jour. Um, so many things for, for me, as 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 is always the case, and I always love a chance to, to chat with Chris, but... Uh, the, the thing that bubbled to the surface today was relatively early, uh, I guess maybe mid, midway through the episode, we were talking about, um, you know, kind of how this idea came to, to fruition and, and ultimately, you know, putting the film together. And, you know, Chris shared the story that, that he was talking to, you know, the, the guy that he knows that I can't remember the name should have, should have written that down, but the guy that, that 
was kind of the, the, the film guy, right? The, the guy who, who wanted to make a documentary. And, you know, it was one of those opportunities that just kind of came together and it would have been real easy to say no, right? Like they didn't have, they didn't know exactly what they wanted to do. You know, they didn't, didn't have all the equipment and all of the, the, the bits and bobs and everything lined up and planned and put in place beforehand. Yet, you know, like it was just, it was one of those opportunities that maybe was too good to pass up. They recognized that, didn't pass it up, dot, 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 film, really good film. And I just couldn't help but think of, of, you know, and obviously you don't want to necessarily live in the past, dwell in the past of what could have been, but how many times in, in my life, and there's been many, and I'm not going to get into all of them here, but how many times have I, have I maybe had an opportunity that was a bit of a leap of faith, a bit of a step out into the unknown, a bit of the, you know, I don't know how this is going to come together. And, and I, I don't know what the, you know, I'm not beginning with the end in mind from like one of the seven habits, but like, let's just go with it. Like my default is to say no, <laughs> like it just is. And, you know, hearing Chris talk about having the opportunity just like, I don't know, but we'll figure it out. Like what a great opportunity. And, and, you know, I mean, just, just kind of, I don't want to say I'm kicking myself. Cause again, I'm not trying to, to relive past, past, I don't want to say mistakes, but like, like, you know, I'm not trying to, to live my life in the past, but who knows what some of the, the, the payoffs and some of the, 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 the benefits of saying yes to little things that I said no about would have been. So my, my takeaway from, from, you know, watching the film and talking to Chris is just, just that reminder that sometimes when opportunity knocks, and, and you can come up with a million reasons to say no, maybe just say yes. Maybe just figure it out. Take the next step and, and then take the next step and then take the next step. And, you know, maybe a few years from now, you've got an, a, a documentary film or just some crazy adventure or some story or, or some experience. Um, just say yes. Just, you know, just say yes to opportunities. Maybe that's, that's, that's the, uh. That's my takeaway from today. I don't know. Head still spinning, um, but in a good way, in a good way. So what about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? As always, if you're willing to share it, I would love to hear it. At Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram, Dizruns at gmail.com if you want to send an email. And of course, if you want to head back over to the show notes for today, Dizruns.com slash 1136, Dizruns.com slash 1136. We'll get you back to the show notes for today. Links, photos, all the things as per usual and coaches that comment section down at the bottom feel free to type away to your heart's content um, and again we will have a link in the show notes there is a link in the show notes to take you to the audacious report youtube channel to watch the film a long way from nowhere no sponsor today go watch chris's film you will not regret it it's an hour i mean it's it's a pretty tight hour i think it's 58 59 minutes something like that i mean it's it's an hour um and it's an hour you won't you won't regret. And maybe, just maybe, you're going to watch it and be like, damn, I wouldn't mind making the trip, doing the thing. Let me know. Maybe that's an opportunity that uh, we, sh- we should say yes to and put a, little, put a little crew together. I don't know. I don't know. Not saying. Just saying. Anyway, thanks to Chris for, for taking the time to chat today. Go watch this film. It's a good one. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, y'all. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for taking Chris and I with you today. Don't forget to subscribe to Chris's podcast too. Like a big, like a Bigfoot, good podcast. Check it out wherever podcasts are freely distributed. And until next time, y'all be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll talk soon. Right later, y'all.